0: That was the lessons learned for the first eight years of trying hard to get something right. Yeah. Um, I really uh, think about if I have to do it again, it has to be about solving a real problem. It has to be for a larger market and it's a, it has to be a very painful problem. And ideally, you're replacing another product.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Insights Podcast series from Axel. I'm your host, Anand Daniel. Today as my guest, I have Ritesh Arora, the co-founder and CEO of BrowserStack. BrowserStack is a web and mobile testing platform serving more than 50,000 customers worldwide, including the likes of Twitter, Microsoft, Airbnb, and MasterCard. Ritesh takes us through his journey and talks about his love for research, how this mentality helped him identify the right problem to solve, and the challenges he faced from hiring to monetizing his products. There are a lot of valuable insights to draw from his story, including his bootstrap face, which was for a longish time. Let's dive right in. Excited to be here at BrowserStack. Thanks for hosting us, Ritesh. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Alan. Thanks a lot. Uh, It's a pleasure having you here. Uh, Thank you. Hopefully we'll have a good time.
1: So for the few in the audience who might not know what BrowserStack is, give us a quick overview of the current scale of BrowserStack.
0: Sure. Uh, So we have close to 50,000 paying customers uh, globally from over 135 countries. Um, North America and Europe, pretty much close to 90% of our business. Um, Uh, We are about 250 employees. Most of us work from Mumbai and um, uh, about 10 people's uh, office, uh, both in San Francisco and Dublin
1: got it that's great and how long has the journey been of browser stack
0: yeah it's close to 8 years now eight uh, years, we're going wow. to complete our 8 years in august oh. uh, so looking forward to it yeah. uh, never imagined it's going to be it's, it's going to be 8 years long journey um, that's
1: that's awesome so this is what browser stack is one of the best kept secrets for a long time so as uh, at least in the vc community everyone knew and we were we were all chasing you for a long time and you were a bootstrap company for a long period before you took funding so it's uh, it's special to have you uh, talking to us today. Um, so, I want to rewind back before browser stack, before everything. Maybe talk to us about your uh, formative years.
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh, it was back in 2003 um, uh, when we were in IIT Bombay. Uh, and Nakul and I met in 2002. Uh, we, uh, we were classmates, uh, we happened to be roommates as well. Um, It was in 2003 that we decided that uh, we want to take an entrepreneurial route uh, because I come from an entirely a business background. Um, As as a a family? Family. Entirely a business family. I've, I've never seen in my entire life anyone doing a job. Um, so in it was, was it? no. So I was uh, brought up in Surat, Gujarat. So okay. so Gujarat adds another dimension of uh, the business background. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so even in IIT, I was not really curious about like, hey, you know, I want to get a great job. Um, somehow it was like, hey, if you have computer science in IIT Bombay, it's always easier to get a good job, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take a um, a business route. Let's be an entrepreneur. Um, and this was our end of first year in college. Uh, so Nakul and I came together, and we both got excited about doing this. Um, we tried our hands on a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, But our first uh, proper startup, uh, we started in the final year of IIT. Uh, So in the last year, you have quite a bit of time to probably uh, figure out what you want to do. And so that was about um, sentiment analysis back in 2005. Uh, That's when we started. Uh, The the problem statement was, there are a lot of reviews about a particular product or a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you go to Amazon, you're looking for a product, you'll find up to 10,000, 20,000 reviews. Like No one is ever going to read more than three reviews. right? So how can you actually summarize all the reviews and give a gist to a consumer that this is what people are talking about, its various features, what are the emotional connects people are having, what have been their experiences using the product. Uh, so, that's the problem we wanted to solve. Which year was this? 2005. 2005, um, okay. And sentiment analysis is proper machine learning, natural language processing, uh, which what people call AI now. Um, before all these were
1: cool. Yes, before <laughs> all these were
0: cool and it was really not cool at that time. Um, uh, so, I read about probably every research paper which was ever published, uh, there's probably close to 76 papers published uh, on this topic. Um, uh, went through them multiple times came up with our own algorithm um uh, so that was my role so in what
1: i'm just curious what motivated you to do all this was there a professor or anyone guiding you because to get even masters to read students to read 76 papers is a tough one right so I, i've been from masters to that, so, so no just I think pure self-motivation
0: pure self uh, yeah. uh this is something uh, so so uh, um Apart from being an entrepreneur, the other thing I really enjoy is, is actually research. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in my second or third year of IIT, where I actually stumbled upon a research paper and I really got fascinated by then. Um, so it, my third uh, year internship, uh, I was in Boston University and I actually got exposed to PhD students, uh, uh, worked in a research lab uh, and read a lot of research paper then. So kind of since then, I'm mm. a fan of doing that.
1: That's awesome. Okay. That's great. So sentiment analysis, and then you started
0: a company around it post-graduation? Yes, so uh, uh, started that company, worked in about for nine months, a year, uh, came up with the best working algorithm back then. Um, uh, we had a great technology at hand, um, and we were struggling that how do we go to market this? What do we do about it, right? Um, uh, we, we wanted to do something more consumer-facing. So can we actually create a layer over Amazon? Uh, and probably give you a just, if you go to any product, where all the reviews are summarized. Um, but we couldn't figure out a way out of it. So we uh, thought about, like, raising money. Like, hey, maybe we can actually get some advisors, raise some money, probably spend another two years on doing this. Um, so that was 2006. Um, uh, summer of 2006, um I talked to probably over 50 investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like four months. Um, and if you're from IIT Bombay Computer Science back in 2006, everyone will talk to you, but no one will give money. Um,
1: there were 50 investors, and then Globally,
0: I- most of them were globally. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, no one gave money. Um, uh, and then we have to call it off. Um, uh, and then we joined Lime Group, uh, moved to Den- Richard, Noida, oh, Lime Wire, Lime, Lime Group, okay. um, uh, moved to Noida, Gurgaon, uh, were there for like three years. Um, we did our second startup there as well, um, which was about, um, uh, you know, aggregating information uh, from the internet um, uh, about any website. So uh, if you actually get to know about BrowserStack, you know, you will probably have the same set of questions uh, which everyone goes through, like, when was it founded, who are the founders, how much money have they raised, what is attraction, what are people talking about it. It's the same set of 30 questions that everyone wants to know. Um, And you will end up spending like four hours just searching about it. Um, So we just automated it. We aggregated information um, from the internet. Um, uh, It was mostly a data aggregation, um, uh, structured uh, information put together, and some bits of AI and machine learning to it. Um, uh, We got great traction. Uh, For one day, we were the number one startup on uh, um, um, HackerRank, uh, on back then Delicious, Dick. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We became one of the top, Thousand websites from India in terms of traffic. Um, So,
1: this was part of Lime Group as an incubator? No, no, no. It was
0: separate. Um, uh, This was like almost at the end of uh, working at LimeWire. We made this in about four to five months and then we actually quit. I quit LimeWire. Okay. And then worked on it for a year or so. Um, uh, So, uh, it got great traction. Uh, I think we used to get a huge amount of traffic. Um, And we were both of us working from our home. um, and our servers were also in our home running it, so yeah. uh, it used to be a challenge for us if, if the internet, if, if the electricity goes down, which used to happen quite often in uh, NCR, like yeah. the website used to go down. Um, uh, again, we, we got over it moving to Amazon AWS. Um, this
1: was 2007,
0: seven, yeah. yes, uh, 7 and 8. Yeah. Um, Uh, okay Um, yeah so we we, uh, had huge traction a lot of we we used to get over like um, 100 support tickets in a week um uh, but we couldn't figure out how to monetize it and make it a great, great business. Um, uh, I think we probably realized that um, um, the information and uh, putting across in the right manner, aggregating information, you know, there has to be correctness to it. It has to be updated, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we, we just couldn't figure out an answer to that problem. Now, if I look back, like, that same technology is actually worth, like, 10 companies over billion dollars. Like, because what we did exactly what Clearbit is doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a lot more other companies are doing the same thing. Um mm-hmm. So we wrap it up after like about 18 months. Um, and then um, uh, we learned so much from our failures. We actually created our own playbook um, um, that, you know, these 100 things you won't do. <laughs> um,
1: Can you remember the top three or four?
0: Or? Yeah, sure. So um, I think the number one was, um, I remember like solve real problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be a customer problem. It has to be a big problem. and There has to be a huge market. It's, as, a, as a developer or an engineer it's very easy to like start your day zero by writing some code because you have an idea um, mm-hmm. I think that's the worst thing to do um, uh, because at the end of the day you're actually building a business uh, you're not writing a making a product so business comes first then product is to solve that need of user um, um, so we the spend the problem
1: needs to be large and, uh, and it has to be large yeah, it really has good. to be
0: a big problem as yeah. well like people face it on a daily basis yeah um, um and and it it shouldn't be an idea driven journey. Like mm. uh, it should be a customer driven journey. It has to be a problem driven journey. Mm. Um, so yeah, f- few of those lessons. Yeah. Um, uh, we we probably like did um, uh, spend about next one year uh, going through a lot of ideas. Uh, probably evaluated under ten problems that we should look into and work upon. Um, uh, but so this is
1: sorry. I want to take a pause here. This is three four years out of uh, IITs. Yes. And you did one startup, and then you went worked in this larger, like larger group, and then came out there, and then you took one year, and this is two thousand eight nine. How did your parents react? Like how like how is it acceptable in the? Was it okay or?
0: Yeah, yeah I think. Uh, uh, of course, it wasn't very okay with my parents as well. Uh, but I think in the college itself, uh, I think I got a lot of pushback from them. Uh, but after a point, I think they they realized that I'm going to have my own different journey now, and yeah. they became very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, after in my final year of college, and even after that for a year or two, my father financially supported me yeah. because like running all these uh, startups and ideas, aggregating so much information, you need to have hard disk, you need to store data, there has to be some He was your realist
1: angel. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. yes.
0: So he supported me a a, a lot through my those days. Got it,
1: okay. And then for you and Nakul, both of you stuck together during this whole phase? Oh yes, yes,
0: Uh, we have been like uh, working together for last 17 years now. 17, wow. Um, And, and, And how did you have the
1: conviction? You said we're just gonna keep doing startups we find one that's gonna
0: work yes yes I think that that was the passion okay. uh, there were always good days and bad days yeah uh, mostly bad days <laughs> <laughs> so um, back
1: to 2008 you took one year off and then went through a bunch of ideas, we, just, okay. we just we just we yeah. just
0: left uh, yeah. lime group um, yeah. and and we just started working on this startup okay. uh, that again didn't work out so we did spend another one year figuring it out like hey you know what is the next thing we want to work upon mm-hmm. um, um, and after a an year we actually gave up because uh, we are, still think about it we are two engineers and we have barely written code for next 12 months. It's it's just like very unnatural mm-hmm. right? because you're only really evaluating ideas. You're actually researching about them. Um, and in the meantime, a lot of companies started coming to us that, hey, guys, you have great, built great technology, which is around um, machine learning um, and also data aggregation. Why don't you do something similar for us? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just naturally went into consulting. Um, and it was uh, at the time of consulting um, uh, where we stumbled upon BrowserStack. Mm-hmm. Um uh, because we decided let let's if consulting is already working so good for us uh, why don't let's just do it for a couple of years um, and the first thing is as in uh, tech entrepreneur what you do is make a website right? you, um so nakul uh, put together a website in two days a wordpress theme the website is ready and he hands it over to me now it's now it's your job put a put a lot of content um, and market it um, so the content was easy uh, the problem we stumbled upon uh, was Uh, testing on Internet Explorer browser. Uh, So we both were working on a MacBook. Uh, Those days, 3G internet, there was no 4G. And we used to work out of a coffee shop, uh, Costa Coffee back then. Um, Mm -hmm. um, So downloading a virtual machine for IE uh, would have been a three-day job and then testing it for another one day. So think about it like making a website is two days, Mm -hmm. but testing on IE browser is a uh, Mm four-day journey. So Mm -hmm. that's what actually I declined here. I'm not gonna go through this pain. And and then we look back, in all our startups, we have had this problem of testing on different browsers, especially iBrowser. And just a quick one-day search uh, on the internet, we realize um, there are actually hundreds and thousands of developers globally who face this problem on a daily basis. Um, Just on Twitter, there used to be 100 people who used to badmouth Internet Explorer every day, and all of them was because of testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was, we stuck on a real problem uh, which people face on a daily basis, okay. to an extent, they're actually expressing themselves uh, on internet in different forums uh, yeah. and looking for help. Um, so, yeah, so that's where that was the. That's the, how you the, ran into this. Uh, in, into the of problem of testing us. across yeah. various browsers. Yeah, yeah, I think the first problem was only testing on Internet Explorer. Okay. Um, it was seriously such a very small problem, yeah. um, and. Uh, it took us like about four months. Um, and, and this time we were very sure, Like right? it, It's it's maximum we have four to six months to uh, launch the first version, um, get some traction. We're going to move fast and fail fast. If it doesn't work, doesn't work. So we'll probably go to the next one. Um,
1: so, but in layman's terms, what's the issue here? Why can't people test on
0: IE? It's it's very difficult to get access to older IE versions. Mm, so different versions of versions IE? Versions of IE was a problem. And okay. and even if, let's say, I'm working on a MacBook, um, uh, I'm a freelancer or a developer I really don't know how to get access to a Windows machine which has an IE browser installed um, so the various
1: permutations combinations of the devices like the different computers right? or maybe OSes in this case yeah, so and then the versions of IE
0: yes Right. Yes. Okay. so it was pretty much like versions of IE and accessibility to IE is a bigger problem got it okay. and even ability to develop um, for a developer, and debug issues, and an IE was a different, difficult job. Got it. So we just wanted to make that journey extremely simple. Um, something, if I was going to spend my four days, can I just get it done in like an hour or so? Mm. Right. Um, so the first version of BrowserStack was simply an IE browser we were giving. Uh, we were technically became resellers of IEs. Mm. Um, so we launched uh, BrowserStack in August 2011. Um, and uh, we just reached out to the same people who were having struggles with the IE browser. Um, on Twitter, who were you On saw? Twitter, yeah. on different forums, Stack Overflow. Um, yeah. And we just gave them free access to Browser Stack. It was all free. Hey, guys, just use it. Give, give us your feedback. Um, um, and then we also reached out to John Resig, uh, who founded jQuery. Um, okay. uh, so we just reached out to him saying that, hey, this is what we have launched. Hey, John, if you have some time, just look into it and give us your feedback. To our surprise, he replied back saying that, you know, I have been looking for this time that someone will solve this problem. This is the biggest problem the internet is facing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the biggest problem jQuery has to this day, like, he's like our number one problem is we just cannot have coverage for different browsers and devices, uh, browsers and desktop OS's back then. So he tweeted about it uh, and his tweet took us to uh, uh, you know, Hacker News, uh, again we became like the number one on Hacker News for a day. Um, and uh, it got us to uh, about 10,000 beta users in about three weeks.
1: 10,000 unpaid
0: users? Beta users. Beta users, beta users yeah. Uh, yeah. In about three weeks. Okay. Um, and many of them started asking for a paid version. Mm Now, if I look back, I think they were asking for a paid version because the product was so bad. Mm. <laughs> um, maybe a paid version would have given them a better uh, better product experience. Um, so, we just decided that if people are already asking for it, why not just quickly put together like uh, a billing system in place and let's charge people and, and launch our plans and pricing. Um, got
1: it. Before that, 10k beta users. how long did it take? When about three weeks. Got, three weeks. That's three weeks. Three yeah. four weeks. It was August 2011? 11.
0: 11, okay. Got it. So, end of September 2011, we actually launched our uh, pricing and package. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched our plans. Um, and from so how
1: did you figure out pricing and packaging? Because,
0: yeah. uh, we, we, we actually just looked into a few other websites. Okay. Um, and we were like really scrappy developers, mm-hmm. uh, freelancers. Like, how much would I pay for a product? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, It really has to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first version wasn't really a subscription. It was like a pay-as-you-go model. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay probably $9 or $19 and you can use it for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we also just had like X subscription model at the bottom. Um, uh, And from the first day itself, we actually had over 10 paying customers on our day one. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, in about four to five months, um, um, we we grew to about like, uh, making about $20,000 a month. Okay. Um, And then we actually uh, were hitting the limits because of pay-as-you-go, did some research, um, and moved to subscriptions. Mm Um, and we just skyrocketed from there. Um, um, in, in about six months, we crossed a thousand paying customers. Um, and in about a year, we, we, we touched a million in revenue. Um, and still both of us working out of a coffee shop. Right? Yes. Okay.
1: And churn and all that?
0: Uh, I I don't think so. We even knew what was churn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless we actually realized, why are people really canceling the subscription? It doesn't right. make sense. Like yeah. you always paid to use it, use the product. Like yeah. why are they really canceling it? Yeah. Um, and then is when we started learning about what is churn, how it works, why people are canceling. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So if 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 you are like if you are selling to like uh, uh, a more of like uh, freelancers, uh, uh, small agencies, developers. Um, it, it tends to and, and that too like uh, selling online where they actually buy on their own it tends to be a high churn business mm-hmm. but it's also a high repeat users as well so mm-hmm. a lot of them would churn but come back again and you know reactivate their subscriptions mm-hmm.
1: got it okay. so 12 months you scaled to 1 million ARR how many people in the company at that time
0: I think we're just two of us working out of a coffee shop um, uh, we 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 had our uh, first coffee, coffee shop, shop. we wow. actually yeah. had first of our, our first employee join us and we used to make him also work out of a coffee shop okay so rather than just two of us taking a mumbai, table this is we, mumbai this is all mumbai, mumbai. We, yeah. we yeah while we were doing consulting we moved to mumbai okay. uh, so okay. browse all started in mumbai okay um you know there were two three uh two costa coffee branches and they all knew us very well because we used to hang out there like nine ten hours a day yeah. every day uh, yeah yeah so that's even we had a new garage
1: it yeah. <laughs> was the new garage um, yeah.
0: uh, now I think it's Starbucks uh,
1: but it's more expensive coffee <laughs> <laughs> no actually
0: it's if it's it's really cheaper uh, than actually renting your own office that's and working true. from there okay. um, and we actually tried it like uh, we took um, a an, an small cubicle in our serviced office mm-hmm. where we're just facing each other mm-hmm. sitting in complete silence mm-hmm. It was so depressing. (laughs) Um, We figured out coffee shop is way more exciting to work from.
1: (laughs) So how long were you in the coffee
0: shop? Uh, I think we were there for about like 15 months. 15, wow. Um, um, So you used to
1: pack up every morning, go there, work from X to X and then come
0: back? Yeah, it's just a laptop you have to carry and you're all set. Um, um, And uh, then then we moved to a... Because actually we moved out of coffee shop because we realized we were not able to hire people.
1: Got it, okay.
0: Uh, we tried hiring people, we interviewed a lot of people, but the moment they came to our car, co- oh, you don't even have an office right now, <laughs> like, um, uh, we, we tried for a couple of months and we said, hey, look, you know, we're going to waste our time, but we won't be able to hire anyone. Um, yeah. So, we took a serviced office. Got it. Uh, and that was our first official office we moved to, um, right. and then we scaled there. Got for it, okay.
1: So, talk us through the scaling portion, right? So... You never raised money during this phase, and and you scaled quite nicely, right? So, what were some of the what what helped? Like, also, first of all, maybe even taking a step back. Now, all these journeys, you're building products for the not for necessarily for the Indian consumer or someone you really understand very easily, like developers. Maybe how did you think about that? Building a global product and finding that product market fit. How did you go about that?
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I think uh, the. The the global thing needs to start uh, from the beginning itself. Uh, um, I remember even in our college, um, we used to like think global and act global. So yeah. um, we, we used to uh, you know contribute our contribute to like Firefox developer tools, right? Like do all the open source, the open source community. Yeah. Like we were one of the first adopters of Ruby on Rails in India. Mm. Uh, that happened in back two thousand five. Um, We had a global Ruby on Rails blog which actually became one of the most popular blogs of Ruby on Rails. So everything we did and everyone we interacted with was all global. Um, we we read all the blogs forums interacted uh, which was all the global developer community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that led to our seeds of always thinking global and not really thinking about India as the only market. Um, and even when we launched BrowserStack Like uh, we were very clear we are actually going to you know we're solving a problem for a real user. It doesn't matter where that person sits. Um, and and we never really thought about that we have to do only something in India itself.
1: Got it. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. So, that's how you cracked the first product, product market fit that happened. And then, talk us to the next few years, like what changed or how did you go about scaling? Yeah.
0: Yeah, So, um, the first four years of BrowserStack was all about like explosive growth, um, all driven by word of mouth uh, and influencers talking about us, writing about us. Um, uh, Pretty much for like two years, uh, we were spoken in every alternate developer conference. um, Mm And that took us to uh, close to 20 million in revenue, uh, about 30,000 paying customers. And our scale of the organization was 50 people. Mm. Wow. We are talking about so
1: 20 million in ARR and 50 people. Yes. Wow. Um, okay.
0: Um, we, are, we, are, we are talking about like 40 developers uh, reporting to my co founder. And um, I was the only product and business guy in the company. We, we did, did, did not have a concept of functions, we did not have a concept of reportings and you know? all. Um, and probably about seven people in customer support because support was pretty big for us back then um, so this was about 2014 mm-hmm. uh, early 15 um, mm-hmm. and i think that's when we had a realization that um, you know we are not able to innovate further and in the first four years we only invested our energy into making the product better and better and better like uh, the the product the, the, the main product that we made it pretty much went through like five iterations five major iterations like we just launched the eye browser. Uh, we went to like cross browser uh, across different operating systems. Um, uh, that took us to from one browser combination to probably like two thousand different browser and OS combinations. Um, then we launched automate testing. Then we went to mobile. It's, it's been like a you know really hardcore like product innovation R and D journey that we did for the first four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a point we realized that it's. You know, just the just the sheer load of like managing so many customers, supporting them. Um, uh, you know, now we have to look into the churn problem. Now we have to look into like uh, the growing the revenue problem, like how we continue to grow fast, right? Like uh, word of mouth is not going to be sustainable to take us to the next bigger journey that we're going to have. Um, so we realized that you know we need to think about uh, scaling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and up till this time, we were actually anti-scale, like, we really hated to probably... Scale as in people, you mean? Organizations. Got scale. it. Okay. Um, that, that has been our, like, single largest challenge. Um, we never wanted to scale. Uh, uh, we really looked up to, like, Basecamp as an ideal example. We looked into looked up to WhatsApp as an ideal example, where it's probably, like, less than 50 employees having a maximum impact. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then we started having the realization that probably we are not really WhatsApp. Um uh, and we are a very different company. Um, so hence, the, the, the thoughts of organization scaling started.
1: Got it, okay, this is 2014, 15, and, yes. 14, 15. Mm-hmm. and who are the customers here? Like who's actually, is it individual developers, or how did that evolve? Yeah,
0: yeah so uh, I think we just made our product for developers, mm-hmm. keeping ourselves in mind. Uh, we, we made product for ourselves, like are we really gonna be happy using it? Uh, mm-hmm. Because if we were solving our own problem, um, and we just kept a developer in mind. Um, uh, to our surprise uh, after two three years of launching project three years of launching last we actually started looking into like who are these thousands of customers who are paying us um uh, they were like thousands of startups using us globally they were freelancers there was uh, agencies they were large companies like right? um, microsoft was one of our like f- first early thousand customers mm-hmm. um uh, we had traction from like um healthcare companies financial companies it's it's about like where developers are making application they would end up using us uh irrespective of which kind of industry uh, and location they're
1: from got it so you realized that and then when you start wanted to start scaling yeah. how did you go about doing that right so now that you had a sense for who the customers are and they're like, pretty much all over is it marketing led or how did you no
0: we we honestly didn't do we we never did anything mm-hmm. um, on uh, the revenue scaling side mm-hmm. uh, I think it still continued to be heavily on um, the word of mouth Okay. Uh, it's kept you know, going on and on. Um, we we launched more products, so that helped us to scale our revenue. Um, so automated testing uh, now is almost close to half of our revenue.
1: Automated uh, testing. Yes. Okay. Um, what does that mean?
0: So okay. automated testing um, is is about uh, uh, help helping companies go agile. Mm-hmm. Um, can they, uh, to make them really good in CI, CD? Uh, so if they have to ship the next version of their product, how can they be really fast in uh, time to market? Okay, um,
1: so this is more, uh, like they have a test bench that runs automatically and gives them results, like, yes, so, yeah. so, instead of manually someone doing it? Yes, somewhere. because
0: after a point it doesn't scales. Um, yeah. Um, um, if, uh, the, you know, if we actually uh, commit a code, uh, I would like to know in like 10 minutes, you know, the response of like, whether everything is good, all test clear. Um, if you're doing manually, at a size of a company like Twitter or Facebook, uh, you probably need an army of 5,000 people manually testing. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas automated testing probably takes care of it and can give you a response back in like 10 minutes.
1: So from this phase, from uh, like 15 till maybe 18 or whenever you started raising or you raised the venture capital round. So what were, or overall also, like some key challenges of scaling? Like? Yeah. So
0: it has all been learnings around like organizational yeah. scaling. Okay. Um, I did a lot of mistakes. Um And uh, like after uh, uh, two, three years, kind of realized um, um, that I think we are probably going to take a longer journey to learn from our mistakes, like the the getting Browse Tech right took us about like eight years of trying our hard, did a lot of mistakes, and I don't think so we would have eight years of just scaling up and learning from our own mistakes. Um, uh, and that was the time, I think, we, we, we thought about, you know, we need to get some good advisors, some partners uh, who can actually uh, mentor us in the right direction, uh, probably even push us in the right direction. Guys, you know, you're worried about the wrong problems, let's 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 think about the other problems. Um, and that's where we thought about, like, uh, fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, Fundraising was uh, never about, you know, for money, you know, raising. Because you were a cash flow, you were
1: were a profitable company.
0: Yeah, we have been a very profitable company. Even to date, we tend to be a very profitable company. Mm -hmm. Um, It was never about uh, for uh, uh, raising money, but it was mostly about... Uh, Pretty much everything about like uh, getting a a good partner on board um, who can probably help us and mentor us uh, to take this company to the next level.
1: Got it. Okay, that's when uh, we started talking. So, any other learnings from this aspect uh, before we jump into the uh, maybe or maybe as you reflect back in bootstrapping, any advice that you would give younger Adesh going through the same phase, right? So, of bootstrapping and scaling your company, right?
0: Yeah so if i have to do this again um, i will probably like start with organizational scaling um, uh, probably after the first 4 months journey of browser Stack itself okay uh, it has to st- it would we would have been a very different company if we would have thought about organizational scaling probably. what does that mean organizational
1: scaling so, what specifically so i, I think uh, down, you, yeah.
0: we need to start like hiring more people delegating them work um, Uh, probably be more fast about decision making uh, because as you get more customers um, as the product matures i think the complexity increases uh, it really slows you down towards innovation and growth Um, uh, just scaling the organization from initially probably would have made a very big difference
1: Um, got it and then you also talked about so that is post product market fit right and then you talked about carefully pick the problems Right. So for the uh, till you uh, till you uh, pick a big large problem is that's the other thing you had you had mentioned right so which was uh, and is a real pain point and not nice to have
0: yeah so uh, that, that that was the uh, lessons learned for the first eight years of trying hard to get something right um, yeah. so I think uh, I I really uh, think about if I have to do it again um, it has to be about solving a real problem mm-hmm. um, um, it has to be for a larger market and it's a, it has to be a very painful problem and ideally, uh, you are replacing another product. Mm.
1: Um, in your case, you weren't, though, right? We weren't. Okay. Um, so you're saying don't go after a, what's called an evangelistic market, where you are to show or a brand
0: new market, right? If a, if if it's okay to have a brand new market, okay. but if that market faces a problem mm-hmm. and um, the users in that market are actually struggling on a day to basis, they don't realize it, maybe living with a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're solving that, then it's great. Mm. Um, anything else, probably the chances of success are much lesser. Got it.
1: And then figuring out the business model, pricing and all that, that comes next, right? Once usage, or, or how do you think yeah, about
0: Yeah, I, I strongly believe in like just launch product for free okay uh, because your first problem is to get the users mm. you get a feedback are you solving the right problem like uh pricing becomes a bottleneck into that journey it's it's going to stop people from trying out your product it's going to stop people from giving you feedback um, i think the first six months i see strictly don't recommend uh, anyone to probably even think about pricing um in fact unless you have got a strong product market fit like I won't even spend um, an, a minute into thinking about and to it. It is yeah. monetizing. This is
1: true for products, which software products, where you can afford to give it for free. Right? Yes, so for yes the, of uh, course. For of the course. <laughs> who are actually selling goods, they can give it for free. Yes, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but for software media like that you're building a community and, and things like that, that makes
0: it's sense. different for different yeah. industry yeah. like even if we look into like uh, the journeys of Amazon and Flipkart they're yeah. selling goods but they don't think about making money they might actually just sell it at a discount because they want customer traction yeah right? so it's most it's critically important to get customer traction in the beginning yeah um, and and you need to cross that point where yes, we have hit upon a great product market fit.
1: Yeah, and make it as frictionless for yes, the yes. Con- customer be it yes. a consumer or a business yes. to try out product, start using it, real problems, and and then once you crack that, figure out the capital uh, yes. mon- money yes. making yes. after that, right? And then organization building from early days. Yes, right? early days. Yes. Got it. Anything else um, from the bootstrapping days?
0: Yeah, the other one is um, uh, I probably would say like focus on making a great product mm-hmm. um i think that's uh has worked really uh, uh, in our favor in a strong manner um a great product uh makes how do
1: you define it, a great product how do you measure
0: that of course it solves a problem but yeah. it solves a problem in the right way mm-hmm. right where when when your customers use it they they suddenly feel you know this has changed my life mm-hmm. right if that happens uh, people talk about it mm-hmm. they share it with other people yeah, I think uh, it has to be a great product. Yeah. Um, let people should be talking about it. People mm-hmm. always talk. Like even if you're making like um, a product for a finance or an HR organization, I'm sure these they also talk a lot. So yeah. you just need to make a great product that uh, is worth people love. Love that. people love it and they think it's worth talking and sharing with other people. Okay. I think that should be the milestone. Uh, That's edition. number one
1: and then this is in the free phase, yes. then what happens when you start charging people and say products great, pricing is high. Have you heard that? Yeah, I think then yeah. it's
0: always, yeah. it's okay to start with the lower pricing. Okay. Um, um, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm even okay, like, if, if if it's difficult to get to that point and someone has to raise money, mm-hmm. uh, I think you should raise money. Mm-hmm. Um but make it a frictionless journey. Focus on making a great product, and usage. lesser on monetization, more on usage. Even for a SaaS company, even for a B2B, I think usage is critically important. Um, um, if I have to do it again, even if I'm making an enterprise software, I would actually give it for free for the top 20 enterprise companies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's how build that
1: stickiness. Right? Great. These are all great lessons. So maybe uh, anything else?
0: Yeah, the other one is. Um, uh, usually I have a lot of uh, uh, founders, young founders who come to me um, I think they're extremely idea driven mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably one out of ten would actually be able to articulate their problem statement uh, very clearly um, Second, secondly I think a lot of them are actually software developers, engineering background they, they just think it's all about making a product, mm-hmm. they don't realise it's actually uh, a business because it's in their hands to make a product so there's just easily get swayed by it and start building it. Uh Um, And and another one I would probably recommend is like there has to be a go-to-market strategy as well. Once we start thinking about monetization, like it's a founder's job to spend a lot of time into organizational scaling, scaling and Mm. go-to-market.
1: So go-to-market strategy, right? So how do you define that to a young 23-year-old Ritesh? Like what should he think about? uh,
0: I'll probably... uh, uh, break it down into like first step um, How do I find uh, all those users? How do I reach out to them uh, who are having this problem? Mm. That's the first problem to solve. In your uh,
1: case you did it by Twitter stack overflow and all these
0: channels. For us the word-of-mouth actually made it uh, uh, Happen a lot for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really don't have to do it uh, mm-hmm. because the word-of-mouth was doing it for us. Yeah
1: um, But you have to programmatically do it. For yes, others. yes, okay. Yes.
0: Word-of-mouth may not happen for everyone. Even if it happens, it may not take you so far. Um, So you will have to figure it out, what is your way of actually reaching out to those users who are looking for such a solution, who want Mm -hmm. to solve this problem. Um, The the second one is that, how do you actually um, make money out of these users? How do you retain them, adopt them the product? Um, Usage and then making money. Making money, and then how do you scale? So those are the step-by-step journey Mm -hmm. uh, that I would think about a go-to-market. Got it. And as you scale further, like hey, uh, what are the different channels of acquiring customers? What are the different channels of monetizing customers? Um, but I probably think that is like a little more further down the road. Further I would probably recommend doing that from the get-go. Yeah, because
1: there's hundreds, if not thousands, of bootstrap entrepreneurs who are hopefully going to listen to this. That's why I'm spending so much time uh, really understanding. Yeah, I think
0: for bootstrap founders, I think they, they get into a, a um, you know, uh, actually I call it a pit where... Um, I think you need to move fast and fail fast. Um, uh, It's uh, I think just try something for like 12 months. I think 12 months should be an upper cap. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Spend about four months putting something together. Um, Probably reach out to the right users, uh, get traction. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably innovate over and above that. 12 Mm -hmm. months. If, if it's not working, just move on, Like uh, rather than committing ourselves to something made, which might be a bad problem to solve for, longer, for time. longer time. So you did
1: two, three problems like that, right? And you followed this before you... Yeah. Did, so yeah, right. we learned
0: from that and we then evaluated so many different ideas. We actually used to think about it like, hey, is this problem or an idea worth my next three years of my yeah. life? Right. Um, I, you know, I really have to convince myself that I'm going to spend my next three years doing this. Um, mm.
1: Because your time is your most precious yes, asset, yes, year, yes, right? Yes. Is it worth three to five years, right? Yes, so fair yes. enough. That's a great point. So great. well maybe last uh, question, switching gears, talking about what's changed since fundraising. Like, what what are the uh, you can talk about pros cons, whatever you feel. Yeah, comfortable, right. Right? Yes. So, what should? Fun- what how has it been for you? Right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so. Uh, Excel invested in us Uh, um, I I think um, I probably made one of the best choices to go with Excel Um, uh, I think operationally really nothing has changed Um, um, I have zero interference from Excel Um, uh, in fact they have been great partners Um, um, I think the reason I got them on board is to actually show us the right path um, uh, push us in the right direction I think they have been doing it Um, and of course, it's it's up to the founders how much they are receptive to it. Um,
1: but uh, just maybe, like it's great. Thanks for the compliments. But more, more at a more from a founder who's listening. What are the things that a investor or a good uh, board member brings to the table that you didn't have before, right? So uh, I'm, I'm not trying to put you on a spot, but what is that? What is that that can a good investor can bring bring to the Founders.
0: Yeah, so I think that good investor is important. Yeah. Um, uh, a fa- an, an investor really needs to understand the founder very well. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Um, uh, where do they lack? Um, so I think most of the time, founders really lack uh, the scaling part of it, because scaling is always new. You're doing probably for the first time most, most of the times. Um,
1: Whereas um, the VC might have seen
0: multiple times. Yes. Right? Uh, so they can actually bring a very different perspective. Hey, a lot of things you're doing is not going to help you scale. Like, this is how you should be scaling. This should be a north star. Uh, this is where you should be going. Making you think more strategically about getting big. Um, uh, going global. Thinking global. Um, uh, I think that's where uh, investors bring in a lot of... Um, uh, probably and experience. sometimes this
1: is different from what you might have been thinking, right? So you, the founder needs to be open to... This feedback also are at the right mindset or no? There's going to be some uh, yeah. Of course, I, I'm yeah, sure. I think yeah.
0: it it uh, uh it has to be f- it has to be the founders as well who are willing to go for this mm-hmm. right. Like I think with Excel I've seen as like um uh, it's it's basically I reach out to Excel many a times and say, hey guys I need help right I need to know more I need to listen I think um I've seen not a lot of founders are receptive to this they don't want to do this they're like investors are because I need money mm-hmm. um. Um, I think in our case because we never needed money it was always the second part so we always focus on doing that but yes I would probably recommend um, really get a good investor who has seen seen scale uh, is very entrepreneur friendly What is entrepreneur friendly in your view? um, I I think uh, uh, entrepreneur friendly is an entrepreneur is not like a seasoned um, you know operator or Mm -hmm. probably is not a seasoned CEO like Um, so you know who understands your weaknesses and strengths and probably plays around it, it. and and probably is appreciative of your strengths as well um, is not only doing a conversation with you where it's like hey we invested so much how much you're burning why are you burning so much yeah. but it's mostly about like hey how can I leverage your strengths uh, and probably put you in the right position to grow this company and make it real big got it
1: and you as a founder went about picking almost every investor was chasing you at one point or the other yeah. how did you go about that process like did
0: yeah, sure. So, uh, more
1: from I, a process so that others can
0: learn from how. Yeah, so, uh, first we actually went because of our size of our business. Um, uh, we ended up going to we just went to VC, uh, Venture Capitalist, of course, right. seed was out of cushion. Um, and then we also went to private equity. Um, after probably interacting with them uh, for about three to four months, uh, we realized that um, what we need is more of like an entrepreneurial help. More early stages, mm-hmm. whereas the size of the business is pretty big enough. Right. Um, so a, a, a P basically expects your company to operate at a very mature uh, so level uh,
1: level in in uh, in com- uh, commensurate with your profit <laughs> profits yes yes right. or, or with the revenue yeah, um, the revenue, yeah.
0: Uh, if your revenue is at ex- like x like let's say fifty million yeah. uh, they expect you to have that level of maturity operating at fifty million yeah um, we didn't mm-hmm. um, so uh, I think for us it was hey can I have a VC who can actually do a larger investment mm-hmm. um, uh, so I think it, then we stuck uh, found uh, you know we stumbled upon uh, the growth investments mm-hmm. of VC firms mm-hmm. um, uh, and at the same time uh, we wanted a VC who is more global uh, because we were a global business we, we basically are like serving customers globally uh, a very you know innovative technology driven company um, word-of-mouth being our driver it's basically the DNA of the top startup out of Silicon Valley but we are operating out of Mumbai mm-hmm. um, so we needed uh, a VC who is primarily out of a Silicon Valley mm-hmm. um, uh, so that's where we yeah. basically came to a few handfuls shortlist. Uh, and resources. then I'm assuming
1: you spoke to other entrepreneurs, got to got yes. know them. Because yes. yes. one is meeting the VC, getting comfort, and yes. then others also doing yes. your own yes. reference checks and all yes. that. Right? Awesome. Any final thoughts for uh, founders listening? <laughs> Anything else? You've got some really good wisdom
0: there? Yeah. Uh, no, I think I've already shared a lot of wisdom. Um, yeah. uh, whatever I probably learned in my journey. Yeah. Uh, I think entrepreneurship is a, is, is a great experience. Um, uh, probably enjoy it, love it. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy. There are always going to be ups and downs. Uh, but make it a, a great learning experience. Um, please never make it about money. Uh, money should be an outcome of what you do. Um, but if you make it a learning and an achievement journey, I think that's going to be an amazing
1: Fame and money, everything else will follow. We'll
0: always follow. We'll always follow. It's don't go after that. You will actually lose your focus about making something big an achievement. Um, So
1: on that note, wish you many, many more learnings and a lot more success in the years to come, Ritesh. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Sure. Thanks, Anand. Thanks a lot.
1: Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ritesh. We talked about his journey in Browser Stack, the importance of investing time in research, the value of organizational scaling and the phenomenal growth of browser stack, as well as other key insights, especially for bootstrapped entrepreneurs. Be sure to tune in for more podcasts at insightspodcast.in and look forward to hearing from you at Axel underscore India on Twitter. Thank you for joining and hope to have you back soon.